We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's the final Field of 68 show of the entire season, live from NRG Stadium here in Houston, Texas, where the Yukon Huskies are your national champions. Terrence Oglesby, Randolph Childress, Greg Waddell, Jeff Goodman, John Fanta will join the show at some point. But most importantly, this man is a champion. Rob Doster, how does it feel? Feels pretty damn good, man. You would think he was on the team, Greg. Good. I am. I think you got a piece of, of this team. in his pocket. <laughs> I, I thought about trying to grab it. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about trying to grab a hat and trying to grab a piece of the net. But I figured that might be just a little bit too inappropriate, right? Is that crossing the line? Yeah, that would there's, a lot, there's a line of professionals. Slightly. I will wear a jersey in press row in the media center. I will do that. I will not grab a piece of the net. Interesting. I was not expecting a diatribe from you on professionalism 20 minutes after your team won a championship. It is what it is. Um, look. Dominant performance, right? I think that's the word. It all, It is what it is. UConn has been the best team in this entire tournament. They were the best team two nights ago. They were clearly the best team tonight. It got a little bit iffy down the stretch. But all in all, to my eyes, that was a dominant team playing a dominant game. T.O., what'd you see? Uh, it was really unbelievable what they did on the defensive end. And San Diego State made a run, sure. But up until 24 minutes into the game, to the 16-minute mark in the second half, San Diego State was 0 of 6 on layups. You want to talk about tough shots around the rim? Go play UConn. And it's not just Sonogo down there. It's not just clinging down there. Their defense this entire tournament has swarmed from the perimeter. Everything is tough. And it was everything was tough again today. I, another dominant defensive performance. San Diego State, not a great offensive team. Still, 24 points in the first half. Tells you everything you need to know about this UConn defense. They're impossible to score against in the paint. So what happens. They dominate the paint. They make you one-dimensional. The athleticism and limb takes over. And then they're out and they're running. And then no one can guard Adama Sonogo inside. It just sets the tone for those guys when they miss perimeter shots. They know they fail safe, throw it into the big guy. He's going to score or get fouled. And again, just a dominant performance of a team that just had a historic run. Let's just call it what it is. Rob, you tweeted early in the game, Tristan Newton had some ups in this game, had some downs in this game all in all. Very productive performance from the UConn point guard who did not shy away from saying he was here to prove everyone wrong. Yes, the, we, we talked about it all year long, right? Are their guards going to be good enough? Is Tristan good, uh, Newton going to be good enough to be able to carry this team when you get into nut-cutting time, when you get into those possessions where you need somebody to go make a play? And if you saw what they did in the last about six minutes of that game, after San Diego State makes their run, after they cut it to six points, they basically just said, all right, we're not running all of our stuff anymore. We're not running plays. We're just going to find a way to get the ball to Tristan Newton, whether it's coming off a dribble handoff, whether it's coming off a ball screen, whether it's just giving him the rock and letting him go. And he made enough plays. He wasn't great, and he wasn't perfect. And that's the thing. He didn't need to be perfect. He needed to be good enough to get the job done, and he was good enough to get the job done in the, down the stretch. I mean, like, he had 19 points, 10 boards, 5 assists in a national title game. I love how we say that's just good enough. And for what it's worth, I tried to, I tried to tweet out Tristan Newton and said Tristan Hawkins because I'm an idiot, and Tristan <laughs> Hawkins was standing right in front of me. I'm not what You know what I'm saying, Jordan Hawkins. <laughs> But I thought, to be honest with you, all he had to do was get the ball up the floor. They're running all kinds of zoom actions and stuff they've done all year. That next right play that I was talked about, and whenever San Diego State tried to take something away, 
UConn just popped into something else. And offensively, guys, I thought it was really an impressive performance. Uh, not only them moving the ball from side to side, but Adama Sanogo, in order to play a guy that big and that strong, you have to have quick feet. He buried Mensa. He mm-hmm. buried Lindy. There was nothing they could do whenever he was trying to establish post position. Dominant performance outside of about three minutes there in the second half. At UConn, as dominant a run as we've seen in recent memory, Baylor, Villanova, and what was it, 16, Baylor mm-hmm. and 21. But this, this team has to be up there. And this team beats a lot of really good teams throughout the course of history simply because the size, the athleticism, and the shot making at crucial points in the game. Jordan Hawkins hit a monster three oh. coming off a screen right at the top of the key. Huge. And they consider, or they continue to be good and solid the rest of the game. Yeah, to me, looking back on this run for UConn, one of the biggest things I'll remember about this team is that whenever things did get a little dicey, someone would make a huge play. Tonight it was the Jordan Hawkins three when it was a five-point game to push it back up to eight. It was immediately back up to double digits after that. Uh, In the final four, it was the strip. Right, We had a yeah. little bit of a late comeback, a hustle play, strip, steal, boom, game is safe. UConn has so many different guys that can beat you. And the odd thing tonight, I don't think that was UConn's A-plus game That's right. either. I think that was uh, maybe a B-plus, and there's nothing wrong with that. This was the highest floor team in the country, the deepest team in the country, and ultimately they are champions, and no one's ever going to take that away from them. RC, did this game ever feel like it was in doubt to you when San Diego State made that run? No, you and I were sitting there talking during the course of the game, and you cut it to five or six, and then Hawkins comes off, bangs that three. Their defense tightens up. San Diego State goes on a one of nine from the field at the end of the game to close it. It was over at that point. Pushed the lead back to double digits. They had a moment, and you thought they were going to try. And then when Hawkins hits that three, you could just feel like, all right, we gave it a run, and that was it. And, that, was and the, that was the one. Was that was that, the deck. That, that, was the that was the shot you that you that just shot, said. San yes. Diego State yes. comes down to scores. Yes. Then you got a ball game. You got a, you, got a, you got a serious game on your hands at that point. And he bangs the shot down. Credit to him. And they just showed the dominant team they've been all year defensively is where I've been impressed. We talk about all the offensive weapons that they have. This team is elite defensively. And this is, that's, that's the one thing I think that gets lost in translation because we're worried about how Hawkins and all these other offensive op- guys and the bench and the guard play, everything else. Defensively, this team separated itself all year long in this tournament, specifically on a six-game run into a national championship. There, there was, I'm sorry to You're interrupt good. Go you. One quick point, but there was one part of the first half. Nathan Mensah went up. He had a wide-open hook shot. And he was so phased out by UConn's defense and, and rim presence as far as somebody else coming over and blocking shots, getting a body on him by, uh, by Sunogo. He had six feet wide open. Nobody jumped with him, still tried to pass. I, I mean, it's, it, we say it time and time again, but it, it's a cumulative effect of their physicality, of their aggressiveness on that end of the floor. And in the national championship game where guys, in that first 10 minutes of that game, Referees did a nice job letting those mm-hmm. guys play. I, I thought it was a w- well-refereed game. I know a lot of people aren't going to say that, especially San Diego State fans, but I thought it was a well-refereed game for the most part. I didn't, I didn't love some of the calls in the second half, and that's, I think UConn had a little bit of a better whistle than San Diego State did, and there were a couple calls down there that were just kind of like, how, what, are you, what are we looking at? Why, how is that a foul? So, um, but at the end of the day, this wasn't – officiating did not decide this game. Exactly. Well, the, best team, the better best team, team won. The, the better best team, team in college won. basketball decided this game. And, <laughs> and you can go back and you can, like, watch any game and be like, this ref missed this and this ref missed that. They're not perfect. Well, the, yeah, the thing minutes, is, is the ones some. that they miss, like, what, you just mentioned, what, four calls? Mm-hmm. We played 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's fine. Like, like, that, you you got to live with that. And let's, like, let's be clear. If Jordan Hawkins doesn't pick up his second foul, this game's over at halftime. We're doing the show to start the second half. Yeah, the, the like this would have been over. This, they would have been up 20-25 or whatever it was. I mean, they were on their way. He picks up the foul, and then he goes down. They lose that punch, and they keep San Diego State in the game. Yeah, Danny Hurley said at halftime, we should be up 20. Easily. Right now, did. it's a 12-point yep. game at halftime. It was hard to argue with him, especially the way they created some separations in the second half. Rob, quickly, uh, you've watched this team all season long, as we all have, but I'm sure you have not missed a minute of this team from the entire start of the season to here. Is this just a great team? Obviously, they're a great team, but is this a team that was great and also was peaking at the right time? Or will you remember this team as a start-to-finish dominant team? I mean, they look, they had their, their little uh, swoon in January, right? Um, but I think that's a, that had a lot to do with confidence. I think that had a lot to do with teams figuring out how to stop Andre. And I think that 
this there are there are things that you can exploit about this UConn group. Like this is not a perfect team. There are things that you can exploit. But team they figured out how to they, they stopped it. They solved it. They figured out how to be able to prevent you from guarding Andre Jackson a certain way. And they figured out how to a way to be able to create enough uh, enough offense, enough chances for Tristan Newton to get to the rim when it's not just him going one on one, right? Like they I would say that they did not have a historically great season, right? But this was one of the better teams that we've seen in recent years win a title in college basketball. I, I mean, you want to talk about the best national champions in the last 25 years, like they're probably somewhere in the top 10 of that list, right? They may be. In terms of how good they are. Now, they, were, they weren't great all season. You know, but in terms of – The point is not to be great all season. Yes. The point is to, 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 find, your, to, to find your flaws, get mm-hmm. better, and really start playing your best basketball at the end of February and March – Guys, if you look at it, like coaches say all the time, it's peaks and valleys. You want to hit that peak right at the end of the year, and UConn certainly did that. They found out how to play despite their deficiencies. They found out how to play with Andre Jackson, and that wasn't something they didn't monster. They played him straight up. That was how that San Diego State's identity, and they were able to beat teams when they monstered him. They were able to beat teams when they played him straight up. I just, despite so many deficiencies, from a lineup perspective, they still found ways to be effective. And when I say so many, there weren't really that many. Did you have a true point guard? Not necessarily, but he was certainly good enough tonight, mm-hmm. 19, 10, and 4. You got multiple handlers, though. Yeah, and then you also have Andre Jackson, who can't shoot, but he figures out figures out ways to be effective getting downhill and getting to the rim and finding his teammates. Like, they all played their role to an extreme level, and what they were good at is where college basketball teams win games. That's in the post, that's defensively dominant, and that's with size on the perimeter. They're a blue blood. <laughs> they, wow. They've been a blue blood. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I wasn't officially going to say that until they won they, that. No. They've been a blue I, blood I, since 99. Uh, no, they haven't. I can't agree with have. that. I, I have one question no. on the blue blood thing, RC. Now, RC. As blue can, as my jacket. Can you be a blue blood? And have less fans in a national title game than San Diego State? I don't think they did. I don't know. If, I don't did believe they? that. This felt like a home crowd for San Diego State to me. Am I yeah, crazy? They, yeah, there was there was more San Diego State fans here. But it's also – Yeah, I but Connecticut's a small place. Like, yeah, there, there's not as many – I'm just wondering what the qualifications yeah. are of a blue blood. That's how all about, I'm asking. How about five national titles, which is more <laughs> – how, how many does Michigan have? All right. Uh, I'm on officially that note, on board. On that note, listen, they are clearly a great team, the best team in college basketball this season. They got to cut down the nets. They were also peaking at the right time, and we got a chance to talk with head coach Danny Hurley, who told us about how he is peaking at the right time. Let me hook him onto the field of 68 after dark. Champion Danny Hurley. How's it feel? It feels great. Um, just it feels unbelievable. Maybe it would be more – Exhilarating. I mean, you know, we we won by 17, you know, so I do feel like during a tournament run, maybe we did get robbed of like a late game buzzer beater where the exhilaration would have been even higher. But these guys have been so dominant, you know, that it, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I got to be honest for my stress levels. I'm glad that that didn't happen, but I feel pretty good about it. I got to ask you this. You're. You're probably going to never let your wife talk to me ever again, but she told me that every day on the treadmill, you listen to one shining moment while you run. One, is that true? And two, now that you're watching it after you won a title, does it change the way that you feel about it? Just a day at a game. You know, anytime that we have a, a, a game, once the season starts, I, I'll watch, uh, you know, I'll watch a couple of them, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, get that, uh, get that energy going and that joy because, uh, you know, you play the whole regular season to put yourself in position, you know, to uh, to have moments like this, and this is the pinnacle. So you, you're, you're uh, the younger brother of Bobby Hurley, the son of Bob Hurley. Now you have something that is yours. You have that national title. You led a team to a national title. What does it mean to you? I just think that that is probably over, overstated or in terms of me trying to measure up. I, I don't ever, you know, maybe when I was younger I was resentful. Uh, but now I'm just like, I got so much pride in what they've done. And, you know, I, I, for me, I'm just trying to, you know, to be the best version of myself. Whether I won this game tonight or, or lost this game, you know, I, I'd still feel like uh, you know, I'm happy in my, you know, I'm happy in my own skin. And, you know, I, I believe in myself as a coach. And everyone's life's different. Some people peak at 20. 
you know, some people peak at 30, some people peak at 40, and you know, I, maybe I'm, 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 maybe my peak years will be in the 50s, because I certainly won't be coaching in the 60s. You said two years ago, you warned everybody. You said it's coming. Is it here? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get more here than <laughs> it doesn't get more here than right here, right now. So, Dan, congratulations. We are live. It's the Field of 68 here from Houston, Texas. Your UConn Huskies are the national champions. Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, Randolph Childress. I'm Greg Waddell. We are presented, as always, by Bet Rivers and by Underdog Fantasy. If you can't see the T-shirt, see the T-shirt. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code FIELD, F-I-E-L-D, for $100 when you sign up. Do it. Place a $100 game. All right. Do it. Rob. We talked briefly before we clicked record tonight about where this UConn team fits in historically in the rankings with the other UConn national champion teams. Is this the best national champion that UConn has had in your mind? No, 1999 wasn't. I don't think that it's really close. And I think 2004 was the second best, and I don't think that that's really all that close. But I will tell you this, and I was talking with a couple of the UConn fans um, over there. In the, in, yeah, in, since they as, know best. Yeah, since they know best. But this one, I think this one feels... This one feels the best out of out of all of them, and maybe this is just recency bias because I'm literally sitting here courtside wearing the Utah jersey after they just cut down the nets. But I didn't think I honestly I didn't think that they were ever going to get back to this level. I did not. When they were in the AAC, finishing in third to last place, going on road trips to Tulsa and going on road trips to East Carolina and having rivalries in South out. Florida and Central Florida, like I didn't think that they would ever get back to this. So the, I, I it just. It's the facts that we've reached this level again. I say we. The facts that they have reached this level again is just something where, I don't know, it's pretty awesome. I didn't think they would be back here. I, I think it ranks higher amongst those teams because of the, the, the negative climate and everything that they're dealing with. NILs, you know, all, all, every, you know port, transfer portal times, and a roster that I, I used a football analogy when I said to you the other day. I said this is a, this is a team that has to win now. Because even if everyone returns, the probability of everyone being able to come back under the salary cap restrictions using that football analogy can't happen. Can't have two quarterbacks on the same roster? No. Can't have two centers on the same roster? It can't happen. That's that's my point. And they've been dominant together. Those two guys control the pain all year. They're just not going to be together next year for whatever reason. Yeah, and uh, we certainly have more time later in the show to keep telling Rob why next year will not be as special as this (laughs) this year was for his UConn Huskies. Uh, All right, we're going to go to break quickly. When we come back, we're going to talk about how this year was the year of the big, and ultimately the team with the best bigs won the championship. Today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is presented by our partners over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's Final Four games and pick them all you do is pick whether a player will go higher or lower on underdogs projected totals whether it's points or rebounds or assists or all of them combined if you're like me and you think Adama Sanogo is going to go nuts this weekend pick higher on his points projection pick higher on his rebounds projection maybe throw in a lower on Matt Bradley's scoring totals a higher on Isaiah Wong whatever it is that you like put them all together and if you hit them all then you can win as much as 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog Slick Mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured out how to use it. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Feel the 68 live from the Final Four, presented by Bet Rivers, presented by Underdog Fantasy, Rob Doster, Greg Waddell, Terrence Oglesby, Jeff Goodman, and Jeff Goodman's currently trying to recruit Bill Walton to join the show, it appears. Trying. Didn't work. Bill's tired. Yeah. Bill said tired. I'm going home. I'm tired, to San Diego. That's right, yeah. He's, he's a little bummed. He's right got now. a better shot, you know, than, than all of us. We're going to the cold weather. Bill's going to San Diego. Hey, he's going back to the Conference of Champions. I've been to his TP, yeah. by the way. Have you? The Mountain yeah. West. <laughs> Conference of Champions of Mountain West. Something like that. Something like that. All right, I teased before the break, guys. We said all year this was the year of the big. We printed books about it. We, we made graphics about it on social media. Everybody talked about it all season long. And then we talked about a lot of different bigs at various points in the season. I think it's fitting that ultimately the team that cut down the nets tonight was the team that had two bigs that belong on the list of the best bigs in America. Jeff, 
how indicative of this season as a whole for the sport is it that UConn is the champion with that duo on the front court? I mean, it's crazy because, again, you look at it and what have we talked about? Teams with kind of plotting bigs don't advance in the NCAA tournament. Dan Hurley found a way, and they're not, they're not as plotting. Right. As some of the other guys. They're, not big, ten, they're not big Ten bigs. I mean, so no, no but Klingon, Klingon, Klingon you now. look at him, he moves well. Yeah. He does move well laterally. He's sure. not like, you know, a great athlete. I mean, he's a great athlete for his size. Uh, but, again, you look at Klingon and you're like, oh, he's a traditional big. Sure. He's not a new age big, right? He's not a guy who's going to step out and shoot threes. But I think what they were able to do even tonight, offensively with Sonogo early, and then he was really good defensively. And then Klingon completely changed the game to me from a defensive end. Yes. They were scared shitless to go in there after the first game. When they you, didn't score. I mean, think of how long they went without getting a, scoring a field goal. Ten were, minutes without making a shot. Right, and that right. had everything. It's 11 ev- minutes. Ev- 11, 11 minutes. 11 minutes without making a shot. That had everything to do with the presence that right. Donovan Klingon everything. Everything. I know. And they don't because have shooters the, anyway. I mean, they don't have scores. Yeah, I watched them play last year in the Mountain West tournament, and I was like, they can't score at all. Well, they added uh, Trammell. He could score a little bit, but, again, he's so small. Yeah, this was not his matchup. No, no, no. This is a terrible matchup for him and really for San Diego State because a lot of times they're playing with two guys who could score on the court, right? You got, you know, a Rop on there. You, you got uh, Mensa down low, and then you had, uh, what's the other, uh, Seiko. So you have three guys on the court towards the end of the game, of which none of which you really were scared of could score. Right. There's yeah. a lot to be said there. And, and we talked about it before you got on. That 0 was 6 in the first 24 minutes of the game from the layup area yeah. of the court. Again, that, yeah, why? Klingon, Sonogo, yeah, that's right. all that stuff. That's right. uh, here's, here's the truth of the matter. UConn is good at all the same stuff San Diego State is. They're just better at it. And they're two inches taller and about 10 pounds heavier at almost every spot. And that's crazy to say. Everybody except for uh, uh, Ladie. Mm-hmm. Everybody except for, for yeah. him. And even Donovan Klingon made him look small. Yeah. He makes everybody look small. Uh, it was incredible. And, and you, you see Ladie on TV, and you're like, man, this is a grown man right here. And then he walks up beside Klingon. He's every bit as big, and he's about six inches taller. I mean, it's the size of this team around the perimeter, on the interior. This but, was a fun team to yeah, watch over the last the six games. The reason why they were able to win with the bigs is because they didn't rely solely. One, they didn't rely solely on the bigs. Sure. Right? They have guards that can play. The most dangerous player on their roster is Jordan Hawkins. They have the two different playmakers that you can rely on when you need to be able to, to, to rely on that. They play four around one with guys that make a ton of threes, right? So you can play off of your big men in the middle and put four shooters around them. But to me, the biggest thing is the fact that they have the two of them, right? I've, I've talked about this all week. They make you prepare for basically two different teams because of those two big guys. They're two totally opposite basketball players. What, what do they do? What do they do similar to yo that is not simply playing the five position? Was there a ton of ball screens even? Uh, I mean, for San Diego State, it was all swing, swing, try to go, try mm-hmm. to go somewhere, and the wings just swallowed everything up. And if they did get their hip on somebody, that's when the seven footer came over and blocked mm-hmm. shots, or that's when Sonogo was coming over, getting, getting close. It, they were just—I never thought I would see the front court of San Diego State intimidated. That's what we were saying. But why? In the second I, half. I mean, I don't understand why we thought like San Diego State had, Mensa can't score because they've been bullying everybody else that they've been playing against up until this point. It's Sonogo a national championship so game, strong, and they've been beating though. everybody. Yeah, like, he, he is. is so strong. Yeah, and, and again, then you're bringing Klingon, who's so big and and moves so well laterally. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, they're just like you said, they were put together so well. Yep. Because the role guys that they brought in knew that they were role guys. Yes. They accepted their roles. They weren't trying to be more. Joey Calcaterra was brought in as a practice player, legitimately brought in as a practice player. And he gets going early, and Aline is kind of in the doghouse, mm-hmm. right, because he couldn't make shots. And then he sticks with it, and then he comes on late. So I, I, Calcaterra I hit a big shot at the end of the game. Two big shots, yeah. did tonight? But yeah. a big one, I mean, obviously the biggest one was Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Cut to five, and I know you guys probably already yeah. talked about it, but he's like the silent assassin, isn't he? You had a, great, you had a great tweet. 
Jordan Hawkins chews gums and make right. chews gum and makes three. <laughs> so that does. was a great tweet. That's all he does, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, he's a bucket. Um, so I think, from my perspective, this was a pretty satisfying conclusion to this Final Four. I mean, so yeah. much was made coming in to this Final Four of who are these schools, what are the brands, is this good, is this bad for the sport? Nobody knows. And in the end, we get a game that went down to the wire between two of the non-Blue Bloods that was an electric moment, the most electric moment of the tournament. And now at the end, on the final game of the regular season, we get the team we feel is the best team in the sport winning the championship. That's a satisfying conclusion, obviously, for Rob Doster. But, T.O., do you agree with that, that we, as fans, kind of feel good about where this sport ended? Uh, You know what? This was a tournament in which there was a lot of upset. There were a lot of great storylines. The small guy, beat or David, beating up on Goliath, this, that, and the third. But I think all in all, the best team in college basketball won. And it's had three shitty weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hurley's probably going to blame me for the three shitty weeks. No, you know, you know what it was? It wasn't – I don't think we talked enough about Tristan Newton's struggles during those weeks. When, he, when they got down bad – and I think part of that was because when they weren't guarding Andre Jackson, it meant that you had another guy in the paint and he couldn't drive and get those curls to the basket and you couldn't get a Domino's post touches. And when you can't get a Domino's post touches, then it kind of limits your effectiveness running yep. Jordan Hawkins. All, it just Everything gets bogged down when you're playing four and five offensively. And Tristan Newton, I mean, look, we, we've said it. I said it at the start of the year. You guys said it during the year. Tristan Newton, Jeff, Listen, he figured it out. We weren't the only ones who said it. The UConn staff questioned it. They questioned whether Tristan Newton was the guy, right? You know that. Mm-hmm. They did. When I was there preseason, Andre Jackson was hurt. He hurt his finger or something. So yeah, he sat out of practice. So I remember coming out of practice being like, man, you got – first thing I said, you guys are in trouble point guard-wise. And all, all the assistants and Dan were there, and they were like, you might be right. You might be right. They just didn't know at that point. They didn't know what Tristan was going to grow into. And, and they figured out how to be able to maximize his strength, right, how strong he is and how big he is. He's like, well, he's especially like six, tonight, four, six, five. Especially yeah. against Trammell. I mean, that, that yeah. was honestly the, the biggest mismatch of any mismatch out there. I thought was Trammell against Newton hey, because T.O. Newton could do T.O. whatever he wanted. In the pregame, who did I say was going to have a big game? Tristan Newton. Because Trammell couldn't guard anybody on the court. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zero. Did you not predict a buzzer beater in this one? I wasn't sure. No, I didn't listen I, to your segment. I said it was only going to be a nine-point win. Though, oh, okay. So. I said 12 to 15. Yeah. We I had the, I had the parlay, so- by the way. I had the, the nice. Did you? Yeah, I had UConn, UConn first half, and uh, UConn over. I thought that was your new stick, honestly. I thought you were just going to predict a buzzer beater every game. No, only when there's going to be a buzzer beater. Got it. Understood. (laughs) Uh, So let's flip quickly to the San Diego State side of things here. Obviously a very magical run. Great Uh, run. To your your point, T.O., they out-toughed nearly everybody they played in this tournament. Physicality, the elite defense. Their fan base is certainly proud of this run. It's going to be something to remember for forever. My question to you guys is people who cover the sport, is this a run that 10 years from now we will look back on and say, how did that team really get there? Or is this a team we'll say, damn, that was a real good team that was deserving of a spot in that championship game? I think we'll say, how the hell did they get there? I think we'll look at that roster and see that none of those guys are playing in the NBA and look at it and say, wow, I can't believe they got to the national title game. Because this could be a one-off. I know we're all talking about the COVID year. we got two more years of it. I think they're a product of the times, right? Is that right. kind of what you're alluding yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, but again, like, people think that just because they got here this year that it's going to happen for the next two years because of the extra COVID year being in effect for the next two years. I, I'm just not sold on that. Yep. I, it's going to depend on how good the top of the sport is. Because I think that what we can all agree on is the top of the sport this year was not as good as the top of the sport normally is. Well, it was right? diluted because of the yes. transfer portal, it was diluted right? Because of the transfer portal, and we can get into preseason top twenty-five stuff later on. But looking at it, I know it's tough to put it together. But those teams at the top, like the top five, top seven, there's a lot of teams that you could sit there and talk yourself into being really good. Yeah. Am I for, crazy for yeah. next year? For next year, yeah. I have a hard time talking myself into anybody being that good next year. That's really. Yeah, just, I mean, again, well, it's hard. We don't know. Yeah, you, we don't and know who's we there. We have no idea who's getting Max Aismas and some of these other transfers. Right. And, and a bunch of transfers, trust me, haven't gotten on the portal yet. Big names. Oh, who? Come on. I'm not saying. Come on, do it. Do, do it. it. Oh, no, I will not do it. Oh, man. I will not do it. But it might have been somebody who played in the floor tonight. Wow. 
Wow, spicy. I know. All right. who, I know who it is. We've, too. Already, we've already alluded to that. Like three oh, times. what do you okay. want me to do? Okay, okay, okay. Hey, listen, I'm the Why pro tampering guy. Okay. I'm the pro tampering guy on the panel. I don't like people to be tampering without me in the know, Jeff. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bug you about this while our watchers get to listen to an interview that we did with Bobby Hurley. And while we talked about how San Diego State fans will be able to be very proud of this run, man, you talk about pride. Bobby Hurley is pretty proud of his brother. All right, Bobby, you just watched your, your younger brother win a national title. What's it like? I just feel, feel so blessed to be here and see him do it, to watch him do it the last four games to, uh, I don't know, it's one of the great things that's happened to me, like really. And so all the things I did as a player or whatever, like, like right now in the moment, it's hard to think of something that's better than this. Which is crazy. I mean, again, and you know – you have such a great relationship with him, and you know what he's had to kind of go through to get here. Yeah. I mean, you were with him at Wagner. You were yeah. with him at Rhode Island. Yeah. Everybody talks about him being in the shadow of you as a player, of your dad as a coach. How cool is it to see this? I mean, this journey, it feels like it's impossible. Like, you to get to this moment, like, it's so hard, and, and all the ups and downs, and uh, what he's been through, like, and I know how good he is, and I thought this day was coming, and I'm just so happy he did it. What were the emotions like for you at the end there? I mean, I mean even just, listening to him, I saw you. You were choking up. Just seeing, like, I just I want to sit back and watch him do it because, like, he deserves this moment. And this is his, and very few people could do what he just did. It's freaking amazing. Hey, they dominated for six games. None of them were close. I mean, they got it down to five here, yeah. but they never put real game pressure. What was the key to UConn's dominance? I mean, they're complete. I mean, they, they don't really have a, a glaring weakness. And they really guarded well. I mean, they guard. They got shooting. They got inside play. They got great scheme on offense. I mean, they across the board, it's hard to find anything that's a flaw. Why aren't you on the court right now? Hey, look, I just want to sit back, and I'm watching the videos, and, and I'm going to get out there and see him. But he's with his team, and I'll get to the floor soon. You're going to have a few beers later? Yeah, I can't wait to have a few beers, Chef. Listen, congrats. I know what this means to you and your family. Congrats, Bobby. That was Bobby Hurley with us live, exclusive on the Field of 68 from the Final Four. Coming up, we're going to talk about what this means for the UConn program going forward on the Field of 68. You guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you won an argument? That your takes weren't hot? They were just right? Well... I have an answer to all of your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends, keep track of the results, and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest one in the room. Vaulted is also releasing a final four competition called their last four pool. What amounts to a hot take challenge, it has a $5,000 prize pool. Who doesn't like free money? I like free money. So if you like free money like me, then go and download the Vaulted app at the link below. Sign up for your free three-month trial and store your predictions now. You know what the best part about the end of the college basketball season is? That signifies the start of spring, the start of summer, the start of hot weather, the start of late nights, the start of weekends on the water, and the best way to stay refreshed during the summer months is with Hornitos Ranch Water a premium sparkling cocktail with a balance of freshly squeezed lime paired with smooth tequila notes. Hornitas Tequila is a 100% agave premium tequila from the lowlands of Jalisco. It's specifically from the town of Tequila. Originating from one of the most historic distilleries, Hornitos paved the way for all future tequila brands, starting with the tequila name. An official partner of the Houston Astros, you can buy Hornitas Ranch Water in a can... Or you can come to Houston's best sports bar, Little Woodrow's in Edo, and get a fresh, handmade cocktail with Hornitas Tequila. There is nothing better on a warm spring day than Hornitas Ranch Water and a Houston Astros baseball game. Welcome back to the Field of 68, live from NRG Stadium here in Houston, Texas, where the Yukon Huskies have just been crowned your national champions. With me tonight, Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, Jeff Goodman, Randolph Childress is right off screen. My name is Greg Waddell. Guys, we ran an interview early in the show of Danny Hurley. Jeff, I know all week 
You were taking the over-under on how many tears would be yeah. shed from yeah. Danny tonight. I don't think he's cried yet, has he? I'm sure he did in the locker room, I would think, or, or embracing his parents. Um, if he didn't, he will at some point. But, you know, I've known Danny for 25 years, you know, his first year at St. Benedict's Prep. And, you know, this is a guy that, again, always uh, sarcastic, tries to kind of hide maybe some of the, the emotions that, that he's dealt with. But I think over the last couple of years, you've started to see the softer side of Dan Hurley a little bit. Um, you know, more comfortable now that he's at UConn, that he knows he's kind of arrived. Obviously, there's pressure there. We know that when he took over. But this was a major rebuilding job. Remember, when he took it over, Kevin Ollie kind of run it down. It was a dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he wasn't. He finished third to last in an AAC and finished behind East Carolina one season. Yeah, I mean, put that into context. You know, Dan Hurley was the right guy for this job because, in a lot of ways, he was the opposite you know, of Kevin. I, want, I, I, I already gave this answer. I want to ask you this, Goodman. Did you ever think that UConn would get back to this level under Dan? I thought he. I, get, I did not. Yeah, first. I thought he'd I get him there first. when they went in the Big East. That's when I felt like you know he's just such a relentless worker. He connects well with people, connects well with kids because again he can he can screw around with them. Right, he can coach him hard. He's kind of an old school guy, in in a new age world that's been able to adapt because he's kind of got some Izzo and, and self in him, a little bit. You know, when you think of it, man, you can coach kids hard as long as you love them up, and that's what he does. Right. That's what he does. He shows them who he is. He he screws around with them. Mm. That's what Izzo and self do. You know, he just hasn't been doing it nearly as long as those guys. But I think he's got a lot of that in 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 him. And, again, you know, you got the UConn brand, right? The UConn brand, especially because it's in the Northeast and you don't have to compete with nearly as many programs in the Northeast. Syracuse hasn't been great lately, right? What, what else do you have that you're fighting if kids want to kind of stay close to home in New York? St. John's has sucked. You know, Maryland hadn't been great. Georgetown sucked. So you, you kind of went in at the right time over the last couple of years to be able to get some of these – Big-time players from the Northeast. Let me ask you this, though, because you just ran through schools that would be primary competition for yeah, UConn, yeah. and we're talking going forward now. Most of the schools you just mentioned now have brand-new head coaches. Yeah. He's that got have a leg quite, up on him, though. He, yes. What he's got is a, a ring. Hey, guys, when, when he goes recently. in, now look at, look at what you can do here at, at UConn. Look at what, what we have in terms of a fan base, uh, and they're going to get NIL. That, that's kind of the last thing for this UConn program is getting – NL that can be competitive with anybody not in the SEC or, you know, not maybe in the Big 12, some of those Big 12 teams. So he said in the interview, I, I honestly don't know if he was joking, you guys tell me, said, I'm peaking in my 50s right now. God knows I won't be coaching in my 60s. They say that all the time. If I, mean, I, I set the over-under, Jeff, if I set the over-under yeah. with our friends at Bet Rivers on 0.5 more national championships in the future – for Danny Hurley at UConn, would you take the over or would you take the under? I'm going the under just because, again, the odds say you're, you're winning. I mean, the odds are just not in the favor of you winning multiple national titles. Uh, Jim Calhoun did an incredible job, but most, you know, is he going to put himself in the class of Kay and Roy? Maybe, and Self has won two. Maybe he gets there. I just think in the new age college basketball, it's going to be hard to win multiple titles. I'm going the over. I, I think they'll get another and one. And that's fair. That's there. that's yeah. completely fair. And, yeah. again, I just think. Oh, you're right. In, in the odds. I mean, not many right. people do it. That's what I'm saying. That, that, I'm just going, I'm going with the numbers there. Yeah. I, I, and I'm going with feel, which is you're a numbers guy. I'm a feel guy. I'm actually not a numbers guy at all. But 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 I am here. Well, here you are. But I, I just I, I have so much faith in how he approaches his players his intensity, his positive. Here's the thing that gets overlooked, and we get to see it because we're closer to the floor than people that are watching on TV, how positive he is with his guys. Yeah. And, yes. like, he's coaching them up and coaching them up. Like, he is a lunatic. Let's not, let's not, let's well, not his, his beat theory. over the bush. But, yeah, his, beat him down in practice, love him up in the game. But he looks like a lunatic when he's going after referees. However, this guy is constantly on his guy's side. He has their back. Recruits see that. Recruits, you're going to continue to be able to get guys, I think, because of how – I'm going to be honest with you, Jeff. I, I was so impressed with how he managed that Miami win. Yeah, yeah. How he was able to, to identify 
which uh, lineups in the game were successful, the end of the first half, whenever he had his bench in there for an elongated period of time. In the second half, where he mitigated Miami's runs just by slowing the tempo, calling timeout, long Listen, form he learned, offense. He I thought he was from great. one of the best coaches ever. That's what I'm saying. His father. Exactly right. And, and he mitigated and he managed, he game managed that on top of the fact that I think he's still going to be able to recruit at a high, high level. Look at their next year's recruiting class, all freshmen coming it's in. It's NIL, is going to be the, That's the game huge changer. Too. Of course. But here, here's the thing with, with Dan Hurley. Look at his coaching career at every stop that he's been at. It's always gone up. He's taken yeah. something at the bottom, and it's gone up. He's never peaked and come back down. So why would we ever think that he's going? Like, at what point does it stop? I don't think, look again, at, look at Rhode Island. they're not going to fall off. I'm yes. not saying they're going to fall off. I'm just saying it's it's – it's damn hard to win multiple national titles. Because it's, it's, like, let's be honest. It's kind of fluky to win a national you, you title. Need, like, I mean, again, unless you have. I mean, they got, they got there talent. There is nothing fluky about no, no, this No, no, not this national title. But, like. Overall, oh, you need some luck. Win, yeah, to win six games in a row right. against really right. good teams. Yeah, like, you need to get the opportunity yeah. to play two West Coast Conference teams well, and a Mountain hey, West I, team I, in the I, title. Easy, take how, about, easy. How, about, how about this one? How about this one? You're not going to make it through this show. Average. The average seed total of every national champion since 1985, since yeah. they went to a 64-team tournament, the average seed, seed total beaten by the national champion was 39. You know what UConn's seed total wins were? 39. 39. 39. Well, I was going to say, you know, you, you talk about uh, luck playing a factor, and it does because you need to have the right matchup and all sure. that stuff. But we stayed we, healthy. We, yeah, they stayed healthy. Exactly. And we were talking about not only the future of UConn, but we were talking about the future of San Diego State. Guys, I don't think San Diego State's going anywhere I, simply because of their recent success. Are they going to make it to the national championship game every year? You know where no. they might go? The Pac-12. Well, that's right. Yeah. They, they might go to the Pac-12. But you always hope to be in position to be in position to get to the national championship game or the final four. And the fact that they continue to be that team that's in play every single year, there's going to be more opportunities. What a win for San Diego State to get all the way here. What a win for the Mountain West Conference, who after last year, 0-4, yeah, they, they needed it. a good showing, and, buddy, they got one. So, Jeff, you mentioned it. Danny Hurley learned from one of the best coaches he possibly could, his father. We got to talk to the Hurley parents who told us this was such a dream come true for their son. All right, the proud parents here. Tears shed yet? Have Any I? Tears? Yes. No, you. I'm, I'm, no, I, my Danny uh, cries enough for me and a lot of other people in the building, and it's becoming something. Are you going to start right now again? No, I cried before the game. Yeah, they, it's just a very. Why, why the pregame cry? I don't understand uh, it. I don't know. This is, you know, he's an emotional person. This is, uh, this is meaningful to him. And he and these kids have shared the journey where Andre and he, his, uh, he knows every member of Andre's family. Andre will run through a wall for him. When Andre does that, then Sonogo's right behind him running through walls. And if I'm on this team and those who are running through walls, get online behind them because they need to do it too. And it, he's gotten these guys to buy into your win. It validates who you are. You know, you can average 10 points a game more, either of these, any of these guys, but you don't have this performance in a tournament like they had. Dominant. What, as a coach first and then a dad, what are you proudest about with, with, with your son? He's clever. You know, he's clever. I mean, he, he, uh, he can give you the ah shucks, uh, you know, plots about the game when they come out of timeouts. Every time they come out of timeout to end, end, to end the half, they always have something where the opponent is like, if you were looking at the bench, they'd be looking around like, we didn't have that scout report, yeah. you know? What, what is, the, the, as a mom, I assume it's completely different for you off the court. What, what are you proudest about? Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, first of all, I can't believe it. It's like a dream. And it's something that... What kind of dad and, and what kind of father and uh, husband is he right now? Oh, he's, yeah, he's the a, best. Yeah, his his team reflects who he is as a as a parent. You know, they right? Everything. Oh, yeah. You're gonna answer for me all the time. <laughs> I love it. I love no, it. No, but I thought that actually, it just it just no, hit me just, that I should have said it. No. You just wanted to help. No, 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 help. no. Wait, wait. I'm, you know how much trouble I'm in now? Oh my no. God. No, it's it's just been so amazing that I've had the opportunity to see Danny do this as a coach. Yeah. It's you just never, like, you never thought, right? No, we do. We, I, how good, how good a coach you think he is. He's a great coach. But when did, when did you think, I mean, again, when, 
when did you think he would follow in his footsteps and both your sons? I mean, that's oh, a crazy no, oh, part no. of it. I always thought that Danny would be a great coach okay. ever, ever since he was at, well, with well, us. He worked, he worked camps for me when he was in college yeah. and he could capture kids' attention with sarcasm. Like he would have everybody oh. relaxed. No, he is the most sarcastic dude I've ever met, and ever. You never ever. know, you never know when he's just playing you. But with the kids on the team, it is, uh, he's authentic. You know, maybe with everybody else, he's uh, he may be messing with everybody. With the kids, he's authentic. All right, listen. Congrats. I, I know how proud you guys are. I know what it means to you guys as well as him, so enjoy. You know what the best part about the end of the college basketball season is? That signifies the start of spring, the start of summer, the start of hot weather, the start of late nights, the start of weekends on the water, and the best way to stay refreshed during the summer months is with Hornitos Ranch Water, a premium sparkling cocktail with a balance of freshly squeezed lime paired with smooth tequila notes. Hornitos Tequila is a 100% agave premium tequila from the lowlands of Jalisco. It's specifically from the town of Tequila. Originating from one of the most historic distilleries, Hornitos paved the way for all future tequila brands, starting with the tequila name. An official partner of the Houston Astros, you can buy Hornitos Ranch Water in a can, or you can come to Houston's best sports bar, Little Woodrow's in Edo, and get a fresh, handmade cocktail with Hornitos Tequila. There is nothing better on a warm spring day than Hornitos Ranch Water and a Houston Astros baseball game. Today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is presented by our partners over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's Final Four games. In pick'em, all you do is pick whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals, whether it's points or rebounds or assists or all of them combined. If you're like me and you think Adama Sanogo is going to go nuts this weekend, Pick higher on his points projection. Pick higher on his rebounds projection. Maybe throw in a lower on Matt Bradley's scoring totals. A higher on Isaiah Wong. Whatever it is that you like. Put them all together. And if you hit them all, then you can win as much as 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog Slick Mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured out how to use it. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code FIELD, that's F-I-E-L-D, to get a 100% deposit match up to. Welcome back to NRG Stadium, everybody, for our final segment of the week. The Yukon Huskies, for the fifth time in school history, are national champions in men's basketball, and it's all come since 1999. John Fanta, Rob Doster, Randolph Childress, Jeff Goodman. Jeff, you said that you have more energy at this time left in the show in Houston more so than you did in New Orleans. How, how is that so? I got a little bit more sleep in Houston. New Orleans, as you know, doesn't really shut down. Me and Rob, although you're younger than me, you, you look better than me last year. You were able to. I still look better than you. <laughs> no, I don't know if I you do. Than you every day I, 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 don't, I don't know if you do. Trust I mean, me. this Final Four, run, this championship run for UConn did not age you at all. No, they won it, it, by 120 yeah, points. Yeah, so. I know. I know. I told Danny that. It's he was amazing like, with that and not having Bourbon Street here that will do for you. Yeah. So <laughs> Danny was like. Are you going to go to the parade? I think it's Saturday. Saturday? Saturday? Tough day to do it. <laughs> well, maybe Bring the kids. Yeah, let's go. We're going to the parade. You want to go? You want to roll, Fanta? I can't I'll pick do you it. I'm Easter driving. weekend, Rob. I'm, oh, I'm making bread. Hey, I'm making Easter bread. On Easter weekend? Fanta, I'm baking Fanta, Easter I'm bread. Driving up. I'm driving from Mount Laurel. I'll drive up. I'll scoop you in Booton, and then we'll drive up the stores. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have spent so much time with you. <laughs> Eight combined hours in a vehicle sounds... Miserable. No, not miserable. Well... Miserable. All right, let's let's I'm a have some. Than, than Trevor, so we'll be good. So, <laughs> I want to reflect again on UConn, but I actually want to try a different angle on the last segment of the of the entire show for the entire week, and I'm going to start with you, sir. When you think about moments, or a player, or a coach, anything in general, when you think about everything we've covered, what will be two or three memorable? Things or teams from this college basketball season? Wow. I, I think we got to go to Purdue upset. Yes. That's, we gotta, I, I think totally that's agree. as big of a storyline as there is. Um, to FDU. 
Riley Dickerson's upset is big. I mean, even the Ivy League. I mean, Princeton. The, the, the Princeton, Arizona upset. And, again, I'm, I'm going to come back here with the Huskies. I, I didn't see it early on. I didn't think they'd win it. And I got to admit now, I, I had said this earlier, they're, they're a blue blood. Oh, you're finally admitting they're I'm admitting a blue blood. blood. They had to win it. You were so late I, on I was, this. No, no, bullshit. <laughs> so late. No. By like no, two hours. They, they, no, no. They had to win it. Before just getting here, wasn't it? They had hey, to was Calhoun it. here tonight? No, Jim, Jim, unfortunately, not feeling the best. Really? Under the weather, he, he's doing all right, but yeah. Did you have a submission, sir? Yeah, submission. For, one of the, for one of the most memorable? Yeah. Well, yeah. How, how are we not mentioning the Field of 68's very own Furman team? That's right. That I mean, how about that? Yeah. yeah, how about that? I mean, we, we did a game broadcast for them. Let me get that real quick so you don't have to strain yourself. I'll give it back to you. And then uh, that that amazing steal at the end of the game and then the three-point shot, that was awesome. I, I haven't screamed that loud for a game I wasn't directly involved in in my life. My wife uh, was ready to kill me after that game. She oh, was, was on, nuts. She was on a call. She was on a call, so I started screaming and going nuts. <laughs> and I get a text that said, Rob, shut I, I, I've gotten that one before too. And the fairly Dickerson. I mean, for me, it's FAU. FAU. And, and, for me, it's FAU. Saying, yes. FAU. I mean, I mean getting here, getting yeah. this close yeah. to playing, yeah. and, and honestly, they would have given UConn a better run. I'm not saying they would have beat them, but I think they would have given them a better run because, again, uh, they had a bunch of guards that that could beat you off the bounce a little bit. They shoot it better, so maybe they could have caught fire a little bit from three. Where San Diego State again, we went through it. They just can't score. The the big thing for me looking back at this tournament mm-hmm. is it's going to be the, the upsets that I remember. It's going to mm-hmm. be, I don't want to say the Cinderella's because I don't think, I think that's probably too strong for how good Florida Atlantic is. Right. But it's going to be the teams that got to places that they didn't belong. Like Fairly right? Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson sure. didn't belong in the Princeton. second, the second right. round of the tournament, and they got there. Princeton didn't belong in the second week of the tournament, and they got there. Yeah. Right? Furman is not supposed to beat Virginia, and they, and they did. Right? FAU and San Diego State are not supposed to be in, in Houston on this stage, and they got there. And to right. me, that is that is the beauty of this sport, right? Like, the general public is going to whine, and they're going to say, oh, this did, like, X number of viewers less than last year's when they had the Blue Bloods, and there's going to be headlines about it, and people are going to talk about it, and, and all of the, the business of sports are going to draw, draw together these big think pieces about why this, that, and the third. But, you know, th- this is... Games like this, storylines like this, teams like this, runs like this are why everybody loves it. Because it doesn't matter who you are. You can have Duke That's written right. across your jersey. You can have Florida Atlantic written, written across we, your jersey. You we had the four. Yeah. You can have San Diego State. And then you can still make it here and play for a national title. Play for everything. It's oh, not yeah. like that in any other sport. That's nowhere else in the world in any other sport. Well we said. had Florida Blue Bloods a year ago. Mm-hmm. And everyone's concerned about how this place will look. We had 73, over 73,000 people for the Final Four. And then when we got to the Final Two, we still had 73,000. So all the storylines about viewership and attendance, rather, that wasn't going to happen because of San Diego State was in it. Kick rocks. It didn't happen. Great showing. Great festivities. Everything about it. Houston even had a great time. And you know what's going to happen next year? Next year, something's going to happen, and there's going to be some group of four teams at the Final Four, and we're going to find a way to spin the narrative and say, what does this mean about college basketball? Right, right. And we're going to say, this is what it means moving forward. Now, this and might have been a one-off. Shit, this it is might have been a one-off. But, Every but, year is a one-off. That's but you can enjoy it. Like, that. that's yes. the this season from start to finish, we talked about, yeah, it was the big, but then it was parity. Then yeah. it was parity, and, and, and no team looked dominant. And, you know, to be honest, UConn was the most dominant of the really good teams. It wasn't a great team, and that's fine. That's fine. I mean, like, they, they've got a, a lottery pick on their team in Jordan Hawkins. Yes, He's going to be a lottery pick. they got, they got a bunch of pros. And Donovan Klingon's going to play in the NBA. Yes. It's going to happen Andre, again next year. Yeah, Andre You're going to have another team here Andre next Jackson year you're not expecting. Play in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. you got a, a bunch got of a really chance. good players. Yes. And, and, again, you know, to you me, the other thing we learned, the other thing we learned this year more than ever, again, is what wins? Experience. Experience wins. Yep. Don't be young. Don't be young. Get, get old, stay old. Right. Alabama, too many young dudes. Kentucky next year, probably too many young dudes. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of that, I know what well, was good. So to spin it forward, because we we only have so many minutes left. This I'm going to put you really on the spot here, each one of you. So whoever answers first, go right ahead. Make your case. Who is that school, that program next year that could be? I'm twisting it here. The Kansas State 
the Missouri, Throw the Pitt. I mean, I, I have a clear one, but it's St. John's. It's well, St. John's. Yeah, St. John's will be in the NCAA tournament, and they could win a game for the first time in over two decades. Who do you think could be here next year from an experience standpoint? Who could be in the Final Four? Who would you bet money on right now that makes the Final Four next year? Who would I bet money yeah. on that makes yeah. the Final Four? Throw 100 bucks uh, at one program. I, I'm not ready to put it on any program right now. And here's, oh, come here's, on, here's you the just, reason why. But here's the reason why. Because this is what I was going to Me and you both had the same plan in terms of spinning it forward. But what I was going to say is we're, what – what do you think UConn is going to, to look like? I, I think UConn year? will be significantly where, younger and next year. You, and where do you rank them in terms of, Jeff, I know you did your preseason top 25 today. Yeah. Where would you rank them, and what are their chances to get back next year? I think I have them somewhere between 5 and 10. Because I, I don't think both Sonogo and Klingon are going to be on this team. We know Hawkins is gone. We know mm-hmm. Jackson is, uh, I don't know, 75% gone. He probably should go. Yeah, I Andre, mean. Andre, you can – Go ahead. You can you're go. Gonna, you're giving you're him the blessing. That changes. That changes. Gave a very, gave a very different that's answer that's in the locker room just now. He though. did, but yeah. that could be a cop. As far as you never know. He did say he planned to be back. There's the emotion. Whoever asked him the question anyway, like, why? Why do we ask the – I remember when, when Sam Decker, we asked Kaminsky and – I didn't ask him, but other people asked Sam Decker and, and Kaminsky the question right after they got knocked out um, in, in the Final Four. And I'm just like, what are we doing? And then Decker, a couple hours later, he texted me, and he was like, I'm definitely coming back. That's fine, but, like, don't get the raw emotion. And to be honest, even that night, like, when they're ready, they'll say it. But whatever they say tonight, I I hate that because you're going to, like, hold them to it. And then if they change their mind, they lie. They lie. No, no, they didn't lie. You caught them in the heat of the moment. Give them time. There's two big decisions down in Durham we're waiting on. Yes, sir. And and Filipowski. Lively's gone. Lively's gone. Filipowski? I think they both should be gone. I agree. I think Filipowski should leave. I think it's like a 60-40 maybe he's gone. But if I one of hearing. them comes back with Mark with Mark Mitchell and Proctor, oh. and that class is oh. coming in, they're a force. If Filipowski comes back. Number one. With Proctor. Oh, yeah. No, Preseason no. number one. They already are Marquette. for me. They already are for me. Tonight they are for me. Yeah, I'm so, higher I love Marquette. Way higher yes. I think the world of Marquette. I love Marquette. To me, they're not the number one team in the country. You know who's going to be awesome next year? T.J. Power. T.J. Power for Duke is going to be awesome. Where are you going to rank Purdue? Five. I had him five. Yeah. I had them at three. I had him three. There's so many moving parts with it, too. Oh, it's stupid. Listen, the the early, early, early preseason is the dumbest. I thought about it all day today, and I'm like, do I really want to do this? Yes, you do. Here's why it's dumb. I I didn't want to, but I did I did it because Fanta did. I didn't want to be outdone by John Fanta. Yeah. Here's why it's dumb. It's Here's why it's dumb. Because in one second, Baylor went from like 15 to 23 or 4. You know what I mean? The L.J. Cryer right, stuff. Right. Like, and, and they can go back to 15 if they bring Flagler back. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- and they can go thing. to the top 10 if they go get Max Acemas. Uh Yes, <laughs> I think you're right. All right. Well, we are, we've reached the end here. We have two minutes. So, are, in, are you, you have to do it in 30 seconds. Are you race again? No, no, there are Why no not? races. On, there are get, no races. A... I was going to attempt <laughs> to leave on a heartfelt note and not leave with silliness. <laughs> I was blood. Gonna, yeah, we're going to do blood. No, yes. no, there's no blood. I've been Nobody's assaulted at the Final Four. I got assaulted last year at the Final Four. I still am waiting for a ruling from New Orleans police. They're still working on other things that certain no individuals apology. were doing that weekend. You got no apology. I didn't get an apology. No. I said I'm sorry. It just wasn't on the air. Let's wrap it up. I, I, I'm having fun. I got, I got energy now. Unlike a year ago. Can we go another hour? It's a nightmare. Let's go another hour. You should come down, too. Come, come on around. Come on around. Come on around. So, Jeff, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to attempt to do this with each of us here. You're going to speak for the entire crew. Oh, Jesus. You don't want me to speak for the entire just, crew. Just talk about the, our, our group and the, another season in the books, really our season two full force of what we do here and our viewers and listeners yeah i mean listen it was it was an unbelievable year we've had so many people uh say that this sport needed field of 68 needed this uh late night show the the coverage that we provide i think is unlike any other i mean you you look at this dude (laughs) again when i brought him in or we brought him in um we were like randolph this dude isn't gonna work like he's not gonna work he's randolph childress and, uh, and he's worked his ass off. Uh, we have some of the best hosts in, 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 in 
I'll put our coverage up against anybody's. It's better than the ESPNs. It's better than any networks because we actually watch the games all night. We're not just looking at box scores. We're not box score berries like some of the others. We're actually watching the games, and we're having fun, right? What, what would I say when we, when we started entertain this Entertain and inform. Right. What That's do we what do? We try to what do? do we do? We try to entertain right. Right. and we inform. Do it all we definitely do the yes. former. We definitely we do, do the former. Fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, who do, look at who we added this year. Tyler Hansborough. Tyler fucking Hansborough mm-hmm. we added to the show this year. Yeah. My personal favorite. And he did have UConn tonight. Congratulations <laughs> to CoachChrisMack.com and CoachChrisMackPicks. He, he did. He wait, had wait, UConn. Yeah. The, well, what, what did he, he did, did have him because we haven't heard from him. Oh, yeah. He's somewhere in Florida right now living yeah. it up. So, yeah, we, we would have gotten a, uh, a, <laughs> a text with some expletives and some curse words in it at some point if he had, uh, if he had a, a loser here. He watched games. He did. The ones he was involved oh, in. he sure did. He sure did. <laughs> yeah, I think he watched a few Louisville games, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> we could guarantee you one thing. They'll be better next year. Your final reflection. You for me, for you me, listen, great <laughs> with these do. guys. I really enjoy with these guys. They're the best. You guys have been, everybody here, the producers, I mean, everybody. It's yeah, we, quality we added, for, for those, again, we have the best producer no. in Dagan. We added Trevor, who is uh, 1B. No, seriously. <laughs> Other than the fact that Dagan was really pissed at him about 15 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and Trevor, Trevor's not feeling his best today. Trevor's having his flu game. He, uh, he woke up this morning a little bit hungover. My man had seven wow. margaritas last night, so he's, uh, he's feeling good. He, pl- he made it through. Big rebound. Big rebound, Big rebound. guy. Tio, how's your uh, belly back there? How's your, how are you? Belly feels good. Now, uh, which mic am I taking? You take it. All right. Well, Orchestra th- hasn't started playing yet. Hey, two two years of this and man it's been fun i'm so appreciative of the opportunity and whenever you guys called me uh, i did finagle my way to get you to call me <laughs> yeah you sure did yeah <laughs> we didn't call you to you you called us yeah that definitely <laughs> happened uh, that that's that's another story for another day but i'm just so appreciative to be a part and guys we started with champions classic in new york last year and uh, finishing year two here in houston texas i mean it's been a ride it's fun i'm so appreciative of both you jeff and you, Rob, and I'm, I'm happy that I get to work with all of you guys. Uh, and to all the people that make fun of my bald head in the chat, I'm with it. I appreciate you guys, too, and, and Dagan and Trevor. You put a lot it. of work into that. Let yeah, them know these bald heads, hey, man. A it's, lot of work. It's, it's not simple. A lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah, you got to make sure the RPMs on the razor are good. <laughs> but, but no, uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I'm so appreciative, and I'm so thankful. And, uh, guys, another year. Uh, Cheers to that one. Ride. That's my toast of the night. It, Greg? Greg? Yeah, I mean – Two years ago, I was sitting on my couch watching, longing for anything like this, right? I was a fan of everyone standing here long before I had any sort of presence in college basketball at all. I still lose my mind when I step back and think about that. Every single moment with this network is so fun. I think we all do a fantastic job. I'm in awe of all of you, to be honest. Mm. And what a great year, man. Thanks for everybody for watching. Well put, Greg. And before I toss it to the the guy who who put the shovel on the ground and got us rolling along with this guy here. What I would say about this group, and we get to work with different groups of people because our whole crew, everybody's working their tails off all season long covering the sport. The weave is fantastic. You're awesome with sleepers. T.O. and Randolph, your TV work, Jeff, everything you do, what this guy does, what our producers do. We're part of a lot of groups. This group is family. We are family. We're here for each other. What you have done to help a lot of people in this industry should not go unnoticed, and it does by a lot of people. But honestly, thank you, and thank you, because I remember getting a phone call in Ohio, in Cleveland, at my mom's house during COVID, and you hopped on a conference call, and you said, we want you to do a podcast, somebody in a splash of Fanta, that was the original chapter. It, it, that, neither here nor there. We're not here. But the point is, you said, you know, we're going to try to build something. And the way that, that this guy talked, it wasn't a try. It wasn't an attempt. It's, it's been really fun. It's been successful. And, and that's because of everybody out there who cares. What we have discovered right, through right. this project that's the, is that there's a lot. We haven't mentioned that. We haven't mentioned you, that. Yes. You yes. folks, no matter how crazy hearts. you are in the chat, no matter. Please, for next season, don't bring up my clothing. 
But to close out the show, to close out the show, <laughs> thank you for watching. We're Thank not gonna you for listening. I'm going to toss it to him. All right. All right. Uh, no, can, no. You think he can do this? No, uh, I know he can. No, Think. no. I know he can. I don't know. I'm going to toss it to a national champion and <laughs> oh, Rob Doster. It's, when I think about where I was when this started, it was, it was August 3rd, 2020. It was the middle of COVID. Um, I had just been, I literally 10 minutes after I got laid off from NBC Sports, Jeff called me and he's like, you got to start something. Like, now's the time. I had a little bit of buyout money. I had the checks coming in for a couple months afterwards. So I didn't have to necessarily worry about getting a job right away. Mortgage is still going to get paid for a while. And Jeff was like, now's, now's the time. You're, you have nothing else to do. And he, he wasn't wrong. So uh, I, didn't, I had no idea what this could turn into when it started. If you would have told me three years ago, hey, Rob, you're going to be sitting here courtside at the Final Four after a UConn National Championship, hanging out with Goodman, hanging out with RC, hanging out with Fanta, hanging out with the Weave Boys, hanging out with Greg, hanging out with T.O. Shout out to Talia over there. She's not in the shot right now. Get in here, Talia. I'll, I'll give you one better. The crew. I'll give you one crew. better. Yes. That, on, on, on the court, that. on the court, interviewing Danny Hurley after a win, I, I never could have thought that what this turned into. I think it's, uh, it speaks to the work that all of these guys, the guys back here that you can't see, that everybody does, and it speaks to the people that watch. It's awesome. Congrats, man. We love you all. We love you all. For all of us here, thank you for tuning in to a great week in Houston. The Yukon Huskies are national champions. This guy is a very happy man. And I'll tell you what, folks, to all you who love college basketball, we've just begun. We already were talking today about what we're here to build. More content's coming your way. Here's to a great 2022-23 season. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Onward and upward with the field of 68 in 23-24. Good night, everybody. Five. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.